Welcome back to the Project 24 podcast. This is episode number 198. Almost 200. All right. Well, Anna is not here today. I was going to say, Anna, you sound a little different today. I know. (laughs) My voice got deeper. It's because I'm sick. Well, actually, Anna is at home sick and doesn't want to spread it to the rest of us and I think that's kind of selfish of her to want to keep it to herself. <laughs> yes. but I thought yeah, sharing whatever. was caring, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to let Anna um, rest up and get better. Um, but we are going to go ahead and have a discussion here today. Um, our main topic for the day is comes from a thread in the community um, about the state of blogging in 2023 and its future. Um, and in this thread, really like... It, it brings up the question of like, where is blogging today? And in fact, um, here, uh, user Lex Duga uh, talks about how like, yeah, a few years ago, this was like 10 out of 10 awesome business model. But over the years, it's maybe kind of declined and maybe it's not the absolute best business model out there. And that's kind of the, the thesis, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there's the debate back and forth of why it's really good and why, no, it's not anymore. And First off, I would say I'm like, I'm all about the healthy debate. I think that's great. I think as long as, especially we can keep it uh, totally civil and not, not get defensive about it. I think that's fine. I think the healthy debate is good. And I think it's good to look at what's going on, understand the industry, question things. Yes. It's all good. But yeah, we wanted to kind of drop in our two cents on that. So, yeah. So in the original post here, one of the, a couple of the things that are cited that make maybe the state of blogging today lesser than what it was a few years ago, a couple of them competition uh, updates at, you know, ad rates potentially declining um, third party cookies. And then some, they just kind of go on to say, and we don't know what's going to come next, you know? <laughs> and I think that these are valid points. Uh, these are things where, over the past couple of years, as the internet continues to grow, there's definitely more competition than there was. You know, we used to, there were examples where we could write 30 articles on a website and then make a couple thousand dollars a month on a website like that. Like totally looking back on that now, like to think that that was possible kind of in a repeatable process is kind of crazy yeah. because it's definitely not that anymore. I, I happen to still know people who write like that and they probably could get a website up in nearly that same amount of time with very few articles, but it's just not the norm. Um, so the, yeah, definitely competition is probably higher than ever. Um, Google updates. We are all very aware uh, that Google updates have done a number on many of our sites. Um, and that happens. And uh, anyway, there's so many of these things that are happening that can definitely cause us to question blogging. And I don't think that calling that out is necessarily a bad thing. In the community, we always try to avoid FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And we don't want ever to kind of carry that through and and make people fear that this is not going to work. Because the reality is, is the the largest thing that's not going to make this work is you and you not doing the work. Uh, Many people that we see who just stick with it, and maybe it is longer than a two-year period, maybe it's Project 48 or whatever, um, a lot of people can find success. So we, we're not uh, in this conversation, you know, as Ricky and I kind of talk, there may be some things that we kind of agree or disagree on. And it's not, it's not to be fearful or to be doubtful, but the industry is changing. Um, and yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing, but that does mean that there's some, ad- you know, some adapting that needs to happen. Right. 
the, I mean, the industry has always been changing. Changes have come and gone. And th- I mean, the, the last thing that was going to kill blogging was completely different. And the thing before that was completely different. And every time we say, you know what, we're going to actually wait and see what happens. Right. And as it's happening, we'll adapt as needed. You know, taking some of these particular issues, AI is one that has a lot of people scared uh, and looking away from blogging because they say, well, why would anybody use regular Google search when Google is just going to give us an AI to ask our questions to? Well, if I'm interested in learning about rock climbing, I'm not going to ask an AI all my questions about rock climbing. I want to hear about rock climbing from people who rock climb. And AI has no idea what certain things feel like. It just doesn't know. All it can do is aggregate what other people have said. And, you know, the next argument, because I've heard them all a hundred times, because lots of people want to argue this with me. Um, The next argument is, well, but other bloggers have already written about it. So the AI will just pull in everything they've said. Okay, but not all rock climbers say the same things about rock climbing. And a lot of them are going to disagree about things. And so which is the AI going to pick? The AI is going to decide which version of rock climbing is the right one or which experience rock climbing is the most, um, you know, maybe the most average. And that's the thing. The AI has got to take and aggregate everything and provide you with what seems to be most likely to be true, which is always going to be an average or a median, right? And so what happens? You only get one point of view and it's always the average one, <laughs> Well, I don't know how many of you feel like always being average or getting only average information, but I don't like that. I would rather hear from multiple rock climbers who have different experiences and, and who, you know, like if I'm a beginner getting into it, I want to I hear from a lot of different people. Yeah. And I want to find out kind of the direction I want to go by reading from a lot of different people and getting a lot of different perspectives. The same is true with like so many different things. We've, you know, we've written about a lot of different hobbies and stuff over the years. And for like every single hobby, I would rather learn from a human than yeah. from a machine because I don't want an aggregate. I want individual experiences. That's why we watch YouTube videos because we want to see the different thing. Like, you know, I don't want an average comedy sketch. I want a funny <laughs> one, you know, like, so I watch that. Right. Um, it's like all comedy is now just dad jokes because the AI is coming up with the jokes. <laughs> no, that's not what we want. It's not what humans want. Um, and so there's going to continue to be room for humans to create content. So AI doesn't actually scare me nearly as much as it does a lot of people. I think AI is going to take like Alexa and Siri and level them up dramatically so that we can actually like, say, hey, do this in a normal natural language and give them commands and they're going to be able to do them rather than having to give them very specific voice commands. I think that's going to be helpful. I think it's going to be able to do lots of cool stuff. Um, But I just, I'm not as scared about it from as a content creator. I look at some of these other things. Ad rates, they're not declining. The last year or so, year really, they're down a bit. Why? The economy is down a bit. It's not because ad rates are trending down. If anything, I've seen the opposite. The amount that a blogger can earn from ads right now is so much more than what we were seeing five and six years ago. Yeah. Like incredibly more. We used to make all of our money from Amazon and other affiliate programs. Now, uh, most bloggers are making more from ads than they can from affiliate marketing. Yep. 
it's huge, the opportunity. The amount, like people are getting used to buying information products online because they're seeing the value in learning from actual practitioners of different things in a way that's so much less expensive than paying for lessons or a college class. Yeah, And so like, it's huge. We've just democratized education. Like this is all good stuff that's making bloggers boatloads of money. But I also see the other side, which is if you're just writing content, only that step and just waiting yeah, that's not as easy as it used to be. It used to be that you could literally just do that and you still can because there are still Project 24 members that most of you don't know about who are very successfully doing search analysis, writing content, and basically nothing else and building websites to tremendous success right now. Yeah. It's happening, okay? It's still doable, but it's not, the, it's not as much the norm. Right. It is harder. I, I get that too. But Project 24 has never just been that. Yeah. It's it's always had more. Right. And I think that that's kind of where some of the disagreement may be happening in this thread. Um, and, and again, I think that the discussion is a good discussion to have. But if we just isolate blogging like by itself, like you said, Ricky, I think that, yeah, definitely it may be getting more difficult. Or as the original poster said here, just not as good of a business model. But... There's so much more kind of before we started recording here, Ricky was like, YouTube is probably one of the worst things that has happened to blogging itself and is probably a, a one of the largest competitors because video content gives to a reader what they want, but in a more visual and more helpful way. And so there's always these things that are going to be changing that could make blogging less relevant, but there, they are also tools that we can use to supplement blogging that make the blog just still as valuable. Um, and I think, you know, we've been talking about so many of these things recently. You know, we've, from the very beginning, encouraged YouTube videos to be made to support content. Um, that's been seven, eight years now that we've talked about supporting content, uh, written content with video. That's something that today, more now than ever, I think is super, super important. You know, we're talking about making sure that your website is structured very, you know, really well, having the topical authority, you know, uh, content clusters, that sort of thing, the interlinking, um, all of these things, um, industry outreach, all, everything that you do outside of what we could call just blogging is going to make your blog continually valuable. That's not to say that it's the same as it was five years ago because it's not. No. And we can't say that blogging is just the same as it was five years ago, but that's okay. I think that that's, to me, that's kind of where I land is. Yeah, it is different. Maybe it is a little more difficult to get started, but it doesn't mean that it's a bad business model. Right. I would still probably, if someone was interested, I'd probably still encourage them to start a website. I would just let them know that they need to be more business minded in their website and not so just solely focused on maybe just articles. You know, that's, it's a much more rounded experience. And I think that if we uh, approach it like that and attack it like that, you can probably be just fine. I, I really like some comments here. Um, in this thread, uh, J Tim Wells says that he's more encouraged than ever and talks about how in the past it was really easy to rank commodity content that actually didn't provide any real value to the reader. And that was true. Yeah. Um, 
And so the latest updates seem to be slapping that down. Um, I think AI will slap that down because that's what AI is going to be good at. Yeah. Is commodity content. Um, but you know, people that have evolved and have focused more on creating good resources for their readers, they are continuing to do really well. And that I find to be absolutely true. Um, and you know, that he says, if you search for how big's a 32 inch TV, you're going to see a featured snippet and dozens of identical pages saying the same thing. If you search how to cancel Disney plus, you're going to see pages trying to capitalize on the volume of that query. But Disney Plus already gives you that answer on their website. So like none of those pages, he says here, none of those pages need to exist. So if that query isn't worth very much because a lot of people aren't clicking through to your blog post, that's okay. And I actually totally agree with that. That is a bad business model. Just blogging to find, you know, finding which queries have a lot of search volume, but there's a definitive answer. There's only one answer to how big is a 32-inch TV. Right. You know, um, well, I guess it slightly varies depending on um, the aspect ratio. But f- right now, TVs basically all use the same aspect ratio, and it's going to be the same. So how big is a 32-inch TV? There's basically one answer. We don't even need a blogger to write that for Google to steal a snippet from. The answer is just it exists. It's just a fact, and it's easy. Um, and AI should answer that question yeah. And it doesn't need a cited source. Um, how to cancel Disney Plus? Like, I would, I am perfectly okay with Google pulling the answer from Disney Plus's documentation, or directing me to that page and the location on that page that has the answer. Right. I'm totally fine with that, and I am perfectly fine with everybody that took the time to wa- write that stupid blog post getting absolutely no value from it. That's okay with me, but. If I take the time to create a really good resource that helps somebody with something and that provides them with insights that go way beyond what a computer can can do because the computer just can't have those insights, that is still valuable. And it will be for a long time. And there's a lot of that kind of content that even video won't destroy because right. video is not the best right. medium for some of that content. And so there's still a lot of room for us bloggers. Plus, there's... Still a lot of a lot of searches that people make that a blog is going to be a good place for them to go. And then when you add on to that, all the other stuff that we do with mm-hmm. industry outreach, um, the things that we're talking more about now with brand building, um, using video content to supplement blog content, all of that, this is still a fantastic business model, especially I've, I've been doing business for a lot longer than I've been doing blogging. <laughs> Finding a business that requires basically no upfront capital. Yeah like almost zero and that can be almost entirely sweat equity. You just put in some work over time and people say, yeah, but all the hours of work required. Yep. Guess what? You want to start up a physical business, brick and mortar business. You're going to be putting in a lot of capital and a lot of sweat equity and you might still fail here. It's like the only thing you're out if you don't succeed is the time you put into it. And the only reason you haven't succeeded is because you just haven't succeeded yet. Right. Um, so as long as we keep learning and keep pressing forward and, you know, adapting your, the work that you do until you find success, like you're eventually going to succeed at this. And so I don't, I don't know of a lower risk business model that exists. Right. right. <laughs> like why wouldn't I right. recommend this to a beginner? Yeah. Yeah. And I, 
I really agree with that. And I think that there have been so many examples. Um, I've seen people in Project 24. It's been really cool over the years as um, we can see people in Project 24 in the community and kind of watch their progress. There are some people who, when they first joined and asked for some reviews on their content, where I would look at an article and go, man, this person's going to have a hard time. But gave them feedback, and then they keep working. Two or three years later, they're one of the thousand-a-month earners or you know, a full-time earner in the community now. And it's like they went from something where they weren't especially good at what they were doing, their blog posts weren't fantastic, but they stuck with it. And I think that that's a big, a, a big reason to continue to do this because, like Ricky said, the only thing you're losing is time here, which I don't know about you, uh, Ricky. I don't know about any of you listening, but I'm not that bad at wasting time. Um, I, I can actually do it quite well if I <laughs> don't put my mind to anything. And so there's time that would be spent on this on a business like this where maybe I would be scrolling Facebook. Maybe I'd be streaming videos, you know, watching Netflix or whatever. Um Sometimes you can, I know a lot of people who will write blog posts while they're watching Netflix, you know, like, yeah, it's like, that's time where yes, you're investing it, but that's time where you wouldn't have necessarily been super productive anyway. Overall, I just think that, is it different than it has been? Yeah. Um, but that's okay. And I, I really think that this is a great opportunity for people. And that's not just from somebody who really, really loves blogging. I, while I do love blogging. There's a lot of other content creation that I really like, yeah. but I would still choose to do blogging also. Yeah. Um, I think that um, if I had a YouTube channel, that I would still have a blog alongside of it. Yep. Um, just because I think that it still works. There's still value there. Um, even if it was a YouTube first project, I would still have a blog because I think it's important. Like Ricky said, there's topics that just can't adequately be covered in a video that are still really valuable in a blog post or uh, in written text. Yeah, I, I just can't see, I I can't see at, that we're anywhere near the point where blogging dies, or that it's really declining. It's just changing. Yeah, and we do need to change with it, and that's absolutely true. And we are, um, no question about that. I I'm hopeful that, you know, over this next year or two, as you know, we work on this public project, and as I'm able to show you guys, um later the project that I'm working on separately and you can see the way that that we are doing this uh, it's going to be it's going to be apparent you know at least the direction that that we recommend taking <laughs> as you work on your content business I the ROI is still amazing mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that actually excites me about where we are today is the people that this the latest developments really destroy um, are the ones who have been trying to shortcut everything and take the easy path, outsource everything, put no thought into it. You know, in that case, just using money to, to try to buy this business um, or who have been relying on AI content already. Um, you know, those people are going to find that this is really hard. And I think it's going to push a lot of them out. Um, I think that we're going to see a lot less competition (laughs) because people are going to realize how hard it is to do it the right way. And that barrier to entry is a good thing for us. People thinking this is hard, knowing that it's hard are, it really like gets a lot of the garbage off the internet and prevents a lot of people from 
jumping into this as a get rich quick passive income thing. Really, this is an opportunity to to stand out. Yeah. And so what I would say right now is some people are looking at the AI situation and saying, awesome, this is going to be so easy for me to get content now. If the, We've said this so many times already. If AI can write the content that you're posting on the internet, then AI will be able to write that content when somebody searches that in Google. Yeah. You know, you, you're only going to be writing the kind of content that AI could answer already. So you are going to be the first person replaced by the AI chatbot. That is the just cold, hard truth. Yeah. If AI is writing your content for you, you will be replaced first. And the rest of us who put thought and effort and work and a human touch into our work and who write the kind of content that does require human perspective, we're going to outlast that. We're going to last for a long time. I'm kind of excited about the future. Hopefully it means the internet gets a little less trash on it. (laughs) Yeah, this is something that it's kind of funny because this conversation comes up, especially in the community, fairly often. Pretty much any anytime something bad happens. Yeah, anytime or, anything changes <laughs> anytime or anything, anything changes. new, right? Um, and, you know, it's a good it's conversation to this have. Time. <laughs> and I think it's a question that a lot of people have, especially who are just getting into it where they feel uncertain. And and to those people, we're not putting you down. We're not trying to make you feel bad. Like, this is an okay question to have, but just get back to work. Like, focus on, yeah. on adding value and providing value. Um, a lot of businesses where value is at its core and is forefront, the money follows and the success follows. So yeah. if you kind of go in with that mindset, realizing that it's still going to be a lot of hard work, then you're going to be fine. Um, anyway, I, I think it's a good topic. I yeah. think that uh, the, we could say the horse is finally dead. We've beat it to death now. Um, <laughs> and we will probably come back to it in a couple months and yeah. beat it some more. So the uh, horse will rise like a zombie. <laughs> yes. And we'll have to beat it down some more. <laughs> That's our eternal job. <laughs> we got a couple of questions here from the community, SEO related questions. The first one here from Ziggy says a writer on my site has her own blog. That's tangentially related to a couple of the categories on my site. Occasionally there's an article she's posted on her blog that I would like to link to since it would provide readers with more in-depth information about something she mentions in a post she's writing for me. She didn't ask me to link to her blog, and I want to make sure Google doesn't view this as some kind of link-sharing scheme. So two questions. One, should I avoid linking to her articles and find another relevant source? Or two, um, and if linking is okay, should I mark the links as no-follow? First of all, the worst thing that Google would see this as, and I say worst, like, it's not bad. Like, the, the worst thing that Google could possibly view this as is, she wrote a guest post on your blog and linked back to her blog in the guest post. That is not a link scheme. That's actually how backlinks are supposed to be created, one of the ways. Like, it's totally fine to go to write a guest post on a blog and link back to your own content, if you, and especially if you have another relevant resource. Right. The issue is when links aren't, one, like totally relevant to the content. If I have a blog about one topic and link to another site, and it's like I link to a page that... I have no business linking to from my article that that looks shady and it is. Um, It's also when there's kind of like link trading, like there's just a heavy volume of links going back and forth between sites. But again, if she links to your site once or twice and you link to her site, that's not, I mean, that is natural behavior. Okay. So one, no, I wouldn't avoid linking to her articles. If anything, like that 
would be encouraging for to, to her as a writer. Like, right. hey, he likes the content that I wrote for him and the content that I created on my site that's relevant. Um, that's great. Like, cool. I'm going to keep writing good content for this guy because uh, it got me relevant backlinks. Two, if linking's okay, should I mark him no follow? No, there, I don't see any reason to. There's no concern here. Like, this is a relevant source. And for a relevant source, you're supposed to give it, quote, link juice. Right. And so marking them no follow, I think, um, if it was not a relevant source, then okay. Or if it was, um, if she paid you to put the links in the article, or they were links to an affiliate product or something, then yeah, you should mark them as such. But in this case, like a regular do follow link is appropriate. I would totally do that. So no issue. The second question from Dayweaver, in the blogging course, it was mentioned we could use hidden text to help prevent theft or slash to help prove that we're the original author of that content. It was mentioned as one method to prevent content theft. My question is, doesn't Google penalize websites if they use hidden text? Yes, but that penalty is a manual penalty that's used when people are trying to manipulate the algorithm. So the reason that people have, as an SEO technique, have used hidden text for a long time is because the computer can see the text and the people can't. And so you could write an article really optimized to convert people to click an affiliate link or whatever that's not that long, but get all the SEO benefit of a big, long article stuffed with keywords. First of all, that's like old school SEO. Second of all, yes, that is a huge like red flag. Yeah. And there, I mean, there are lots of ways to hide the text. What, we're, what we suggested in that video was to have like a sentence, maybe at the end or somewhere in a blog post, where you use a font that's the same color as the background. So if somebody copies and pastes, it will show up on their website. Because when, when somebody copies and pastes from your site into theirs, um, the font color will probably not follow. Um, and even if it does, you can just highlight over that spot and take a screenshot and show there's this text here. Right. If someone from Google were to see that and see that the text says, this post was originally posted on incomeschool.com if it's somewhere else, it's been stolen from me. Like Google can see the intent of that is not to manipulate right. the algorithm. And so they're not going to penalize you for that. So yes, technically it is best practice that everything the computer can see, the user can see from a content standpoint. Obviously there's meta stuff going on in the background, schema markup. Even schema markup though, Google wants the same information that you marked up on that page to actually appear on the page. So if you, on a page, have the address for your business, because it's a your about page and you put organization schema, the address for your business should show up somewhere on that page. They, you know, same thing with any of the other schema stuff. Same thing for a person with person schema, all of that. Like when we use schema markup, if you have a recipe and you put all the ingredients and the time to, the time it takes to cook it and a star rating and all that stuff in the schema markup, it should also show up on the page. They want to see that. But anyway, for the most part, that's, that's a good rule of thumb. But sometimes we take those rules, quote, rules from Google, and we take them to the extreme and say, well, I can never have hidden text. 
that's not entirely true. And it's certainly not going to hurt you from an SEO standpoint, especially because it's not something that Google's even seeing algorithmically. It's something that they've manually penalized when they come across it. So not something I'm worried about. Those are our questions for today. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Nathan? You know, I think that's it. I, I just say keep working hard. You guys are awesome. We really appreciate all of you. We really do. Um, all, you know, all the conversation that goes on the community, um, 99 and a half percent of it are, it's all super helpful. And, um, we really, really appreciate the positivity and the help that all of you give each other. Um, it's a really, really a great place. And, um, we just really appreciate all of you. Keep working hard. Um, and it's going to work. It, you know, it, it really will. You guys are going to get it. That's perfect. Thanks everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. See ya. Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but it's not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because, like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.